And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Your host here, Monster Deface, bringing you guys your favorite podcast. Um, I want to thank you guys for, of course, downloading this episode, tuning in with us, vibing in with us from wherever it is that you're tuning in from, whether it's Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Maybe even now on X as we continue to upload these in video form. What we want to say is, don't forget to leave your reviews, check these out, share these, and let us know your thoughts on the video versions of the podcast. With that being said, we are off to a hot start today. We have a special guest joining us here today. It's going to be Destiny's Jesus, someone who has been a part of the Fortnite community since the earliest days. We're talking 2017. I fact-checked with him before we pressed the record button. Destiny, what's up, brother? Thank you for having me. Nice to get on the podcast, finally. Absolutely, man. We we thank you for your time and honestly your knowledge because I'm looking forward to talking about all things, not only about yourself, um, but maybe some of your earliest experiences, of course, jumping into Fortnite, being a part of this community, and kind of what what made you decide this is gonna be one of the spaces you were gonna build in, right? I think it's so interesting that we all have a different reason as to why we stuck around. Yeah. Um before we get into that though, we want to also introduce our guy John, who's on the production on the mix today. John, what's up, bro? Yo, what's up, everybody? Fortnite is the future. And, uh, but if you like other games, we're glad that you're here, too. Shout out to yes, everyone uh, that has uh, been playing Counter-Strike since uh, the 80s. You know, we, 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 we support you and we love you. Dude, John's, John's an absolute boomer when it comes down to it. But, uh, no, uh, seriously, Destiny, let's, um, let's start with you, man. I want to I start there. I know I kind of dropped a, a bit of a loaded question, but you've been a part of Fortnite since the earliest days. What about Fortnite made you stick around? Um, I just enjoy it, man. I don't know what it is in Fortnite. Like, it's just the game I always come back to. Like, whenever I go and play, like, COD or CS a little bit, or even Overwatch, you know, I always just come back to Fortnite. And I think it's just got that long-term appeal because it changes so much. I know it's kind of like a cliche answer or whatever, you know, but... No, it's true. It's just, it just the game. It's like the top three game of all time in my opinion like cs you can maybe say that like minecraft saying for a lot of people and then just fortnite absolutely crazy game it's got like uh, fomo right like fortnite is a game that's yeah, is it the first the game updates. that's gotten fomo in it man like true fomo yeah. global fomo especially with like i don't know how they do it they've like coded your brain with like updates and season stuff especially when a new season comes out everybody gets on for new season the servers completely break every single time right doesn't matter how bad they released like a Transformers season. You're running around in the mud with the dinosaur, right? And everybody's just on the game like it's crap or something, you know? Unbelievable. Well, there's definitely some kind of magic, some appeal to it. Um, early on, obviously, I recognized that this game was going to have a lot of years in front of it, and that's why yeah. I jumped in and, and decided to ultimately make a career out of it. Um, let's let's date back to like early Destiny Jesus. You know, you're you're pretty young, right? How old are you? Twenty four now. 20, I was a, I was old. a spring chicken. When I was seventeen when it came out. Let's go. Yeah, you were you were a the, young. Yeah. You're a teenager, dude. You were very yeah. young. Obviously from Australia. Um, UK man. To, oh, sorry, you're from UK. Uh, yeah. Why, why do I always <laughs> think you're from Australia? And I even told John this um, from the start. I was like, dude, <laughs> DJ. I I look at DJ as like, I I, I put you on the pedestal of like like on eleven level. Like you are beloved by the community. 
um kind of like, like on 11 level i'm a little i'm a little bit below 11 i think no nah, no nah, dude there. you're up there like I, I put you on the pedestal with like the reese hubs the levens the you know aussie antics there's destiny jesus like there's a couple of like icons especially in our community that people look up to people really gravitate towards and there's something special about you know you too i i, I absolutely in include you in the mount rushmore's of the folks that made impacts inside of fortnite um, Appreciate it. DJ, are you from like Northampton or where are you from? Whereabouts? I'm from, uh, I was born in Yorkshire, but I'm from Kent. Okay. Lived in Kent for like south below London, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to get my, my regional accents down. I've met so many people from the UK. Um, I've got like a posh Southern accent, grammar school, all that, you know? Let's go. Yeah. Don't mind my American negligence. All right. You know, my, (laughs) my NA brain. Um, but no, seriously, I consider you uh, among some of the most uh, influential that we've we've had in our space. Talk to me about like early Destiny Jesus. Like, where did gaming begin for you? What kind of brought you to the competitive side? Because you're definitely you're not just like someone who you know casually involves yourself in the Fortnite space. You are in the competitive DNA, right, of the space. Yeah, for a long time now. Um, I first things first. The name. Everybody has zero idea about the name. I used to play Destiny. Right, and I should have troll name. That is the whole. Everybody always asks me. I I, jo- I had a meeting phase, right? And the first question they asked me was, "Why why is your name Destiny Jesus? That's a bit of a stupid name. Are you religious?" And I was like, "Nope, just play Destiny." Um, and then after Destiny, I got into uh, that was on Xbox server, right? I got into playing on computer. I played CS quite a lot. I was really into CS, doing IGL, you know, tactics and all that sort of stuff. Um. Yeah, and then and then Fortnite came out. I got into gaming quite late compared to most people that I know. Like I only really got into gaming when I was like twelve or thirteen or something like that. And quite late compared to pretty much everybody. Um, so I'm quite bad at it, obviously. That's why I'm a coach. Um, yeah, and then I just got into Fortnite very early doors, and I just kind of fell into doing YouTube and just tripped into coaching and all this other stuff. Um, but I don't know. It's gone all right for me, just sort of cruising along. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so you you kind of found yourself naturally gravitating, I guess, towards coaching um, inside of Fortnite. When was the first time you began coaching, uh, you know, as a competitive? Actually, was it, not, was in, it a hobby not in or? not in Fortnite. I used to do um, a lot of gym stuff, right? My mom owned a gym, and I got into coaching through that, right? Like coaching kids and stuff, and even old people as well, you know? Um in the gym and then doing some powerlifting coaching as well since i used to do a lot of powerlifting and that is how i got into coaching fortnite i think i genuinely was the first fortnite coach because during world cup i cannot name a single other coach like bloodux got into coaching he's like the goat coach you know everybody knows bloodux he got into coaching because he dm'd me saying do you think i could do that i'm like mate you're 30 years old of course you can do coaching (laughs) um the original fortnite coach i I can't i genuinely during world cup i can't remember a single Honestly, you you were at the you passed it right. You were at the event. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Can you remember a single player that had a coach? Maybe some French players. I genuinely cannot think of a single person. No, um, no, like Fortnite World Cup era in those days. Very interesting. It was kind of the evolution of yeah, the entire space figuring out. First of all, not only did like Fortnite in particular expose what feels like the world to 
um, th this entire new subset of gamers to competitive, right? And like mm. what esports is. Like we, I had no idea what esports really was. Um, I, I knew about the Cloud Nines and and the big team names, but I didn't know like the significance between behind like you could have a fandom for a team and a game and like root for someone in a game. So like mm. the World Cup ever, yeah, definitely, definitely different. And Fortnite always and even today has a strive to be different, right? So coaching isn't even like traditional coaching in the sense of the way I think any other game does it. I mean, you would know best, so I kind of want to lean on you. Um, yeah. What, what is, what makes someone a coach in your opinion? Like what defines a coach in Fortnite? Because I don't think one, I've ever actually had someone on the podcast who's had coaching experience, but two, I don't think we've ever seen someone define that. And we know it's different. It's, it's, yeah, it's just it, because Fortnite's just different, right? Like, what is what defines a coach? In, in other games, like just use CS as the example, right? Is you have one coach for the whole team, and they do like everything. You know, they prep everything. They do all the prep work for the other teams. They do practice teams, maybe for the players, right? They're basically like the second IGL coming up with all the extra stuff before, um, and they're very limited in terms of what they can do during an actual match, right? You have to take technical timeouts whatever to talk to a coach. Um, or to even have them on the mic, you know, they just have to walk around behind you. And CS coaching is a really big thing, right? In CS, the coach is basically the sixth man. They get uh, part of the prize pool, like an equal fair cut because of how much stuff they do. But in Fortnite, I'd say there's two main types of coaching. There's like prep coaching, which involves um, off-spawn prep, like knowing timings of other teams, surge and things like that, doing reviews of players, right, where you prepare them and fix their mistakes. Um, that's all kind of prep before a tourney and then the second type of coaching is the most common one that you'll find is live coaching where it's just a person in a call and duos instead they're playing trios but one person's dead in solos you're basically playing duos but your teammate's dead right the coach is just adding all the extra stuff they have the same amount of information as you right in terms of your mats and what's going else is on but the coach I think it's a mat I think it's completely broken having a good live coach um especially when it's somebody who like knows what they're doing the advantage you can get from a live coach in a stack solo lobby is unbelievable like it's i would say it's probably more op than cheating maybe just because of how much extra stuff you can get in value out of the coach yeah that's how yeah. in uh dj i grew up uh being a competitive halo 3 player and so that was the coaching mm -hmm. we were used to is the coaches the fifth man, similar to CS. They're standing behind you. They're yelling. Yeah. They're calling out timers. Rockets in 215. Hey, guys, slow your roll. Calm down. And, um, yeah. you know, every game is different. But I find that type of coaching very compelling because it really adds the ability um, for the players, Tangible. I find, to focus yeah. on the game. And, and the coach helps them with their mental. Do you mm. think Fortnite could benefit? Like, what, what, if, what if Fortnite, everyone had live coaching? Would that just be chaos? I mean, it would sort of balance it out a little bit. It would just be like who can get the best live coach, maybe, at that point. But I think, I think that type of coaching in other games is too strong, right? I don't know how it is in Halo at the moment. Obviously, the Halo scene is not, like, popping off or whatever. But in CS, that type of coaching is, seems is way too strong. Like, imagine you have an IGL coming, you know, one guy's screen to the other one to giving him info. Way, way, way too strong. But in Fortnite, you know, you can have a duo both screen sharing to the coach, and the coach can tell them exactly what to do, what to, you know... Every, literally everything it's so unbelievably strong so um, this is a little a little bit of a tangent but still very mm -hmm. much in in line with this talking about like external 
information that's available essentially to everyone. But when you can hone in that information and you know receive yeah. it, it's kind of what gives you the advantage. There's a gaming monitor that can with with essentially has a little bit of AI. It, oh, it reads yeah. the like the map essentially on your game and then gives you visual cues like which is like you know in theory. I mean that's that's kind of pushing it a little it's bit. It's kind of cheating. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the idea is like the idea is still the same as like a live coach. Like the live coach is, you know, externally no. downloading, processing things at a at a speed and then assisting you to make decisions. And, all, and also the the coach, sorry to cut you off, but the coach is like the way of thinking of a coach is completely different because the coach isn't doing anything, right? I'm sitting there, I don't know, not I'm not doing anything. I'm just watching the screen. It's completely different than if you're playing and you're managing all these little micro actions and you're trying to make sure, you know, trying to listen to everything. Yeah? When you're a coach, you can focus in on really specific things like the map, like the surge that's going to happen, doing it's... all these like calculations. Like I think sometimes, not to big myself up, but the stuff that I can call when I'm live coaching, especially a good team, right? The stuff that I can call is genuinely game winning for them because of the advantage that it gives them right but let's say i can call a specific timing that i know from watching vods or whatever and that's when height might be weak on backside right and then the team that i can coach and they didn't need to check right i can just say go front side height's gonna be weak right and they can just go front side and they can take height. i have done that probably over 100 times while i've coaching people and it has worked 90 plus times right and they've won the game from they've won thousands probably even millions at this point right just from doing that and it is completely all outside information from me just from what i know you know well that makes from sense too work and other stuff. Tradi most traditional sports have a lot of mitigation of coaches communicating yeah. in environments like even american football where there's brief moments where they can talk on the headset but there's like very big limitations um i don't think you know proper football coaches have any kind of mechanical they're, they're radio stuck apparatus. in their area yeah yeah in, in in english football regular football right they're stuck in the area and they have to shout out the players right and if if, if it's a guy like 100 meters away across the field right you just shout and go up go up it's not really that useful um but i think in fortnite it's it's very crazy especially when you see like the improvements some players can get from it um when they're playing with a coach versus without you know no, 100%. Um, there's a level of insight that I think even, you know, as a professional commentator, like, like you said, I'm, we're sitting from the outside looking in. Our, our mental, our heart rate, like our entire demeanor, we're calm. We are yeah. processing things um, accurately, and we're assessing a situation essentially as about as accurate as you can get. When you are under the, uh, you know, when you're in charge of having to physically do the mechanics and you're playing you're in the moment and adrenaline's pumping and the wall gets take like yeah. you have to learn how to deal with those pressures you have so many more pressures no it's too much analyzing yeah. a situation is a lot of the times crucial but the last thing you're worrying about you're worrying about survival almost in the moment you know from the yeah professional you're not, you're not thinking about you know going for height during this crazy zone or whatever and your teammates one hp and so, you're not you're not thinking about anything like that you know you're just playing the game um so is that and maybe maybe live coaching should be banned but there's really nothing they can do about it and so, well and and so i would imagine though that even live coaching in practice is, is that is that not what you do with people right don't wouldn't you have you seen benefits from that where just you know as a player's trying to get better if they implement you know whether vod reviews from a coach or even just live 
uh, internal. I yeah. imagine that's got to help players. Is that prevalent yeah, in yeah, the community? Is that that's, how, that's what the, success have you seen? That's the main like first type is just doing prep with a player, right? Whether that's off spawn or mid game or even just bodying end games, right? And uh, you just give them a bunch of things that they can work on, right? And they go work on it. And hopefully next week they're not doing the same thing. The key thing is of that though is you give them a bunch of things to work on and the next week it's the same bunch of things again. They haven't fixed it, you know, because they're just stuck. So that's kind of where live coaching is a lot more helpful to help them fix mistakes faster. Um, but yeah, 100%, you need to do both. If you want to get good results for players, both is the best thing. Like whenever I live coach somebody, I always try to watch like at least 20 minutes of their stuff before, just so I know how they play and then I can adjust, like knowing Osborne, knowing mid-game, knowing how they want to get surge, whatever. I can adjust all of the stuff that I'm saying to fit them. Um, I think it's the way to do it. So before we get any further, I mean, you kind of broke down coaching into two lanes, two avenues, two styles. Um, where do you find yourself as far as the type of coach you are? I know you say you like to do both, but is there a particular style that you would say you excel maybe in one way or the other? Um, I think I've been doing it quite a long time so i know how to do the first style like how to prep people in a really open way do you know what i mean i know how to like break down of a really good team into like really small little chunks that anybody can take and use right through youtube or through other stuff you know i can break it down really easily and they can get a lot of value out of it obviously i can't live coach you know every single region and loads of different players i just have not enough time for that um so that's that's what I think I'm good at is doing the prep stuff and doing the video content for players and then having loads of players be able to improve from that. Um rather than live coaching is own is only good when you actually like, know the person. Especially like in EU a lot of people don't speak. Like I was trying to coach live coaches Finnish duo, right? And they just calmed in Finnish. I had zero idea what was going on. I had no I I may as well just had a blindfold on trying to like listen to them, you know? I couldn't even see their mats because they were common and finished. I don't know what was going on. But you have to find the correct person to live. And sometimes you just click with a person. Like I had a Cam, right? A NA controller player. And I just clicked with him. Like every single time, especially because he's controller, right? I can just say, get a refresh and it'll just get it, you know? Easiest, easiest job in the world. And um, every single time I coached him, he was like doing unbelievable things. Like he was playing. So he played, he played my style of Fortnite which I'm not saying I've got to start like that, but he just played how I wanted him to play absolutely perfectly. And he won five cash cup finals within like two seasons. He got like world record points. He was so unbelievably good just because I clicked him so well. We knew exactly what to do. And I did VOD prep stuff as well beforehand and then just adjusted that for my coaching, live coaching with him. Yeah. Sorry, John, I thought I no, thought you were yeah, gonna jump yeah, in there. I I, I want to hear more about your style of Fortnite. You know, here we have the first original, and let's just call it the greatest Fortnite coach right here in Destiny's Jesus. And then one of the most renowned, famous casters in the world. I just want to hear, you know, hearing maybe what you think is a style. I'd love to hear things that you think have persisted beyond meta and what aspects mm. are maybe unique to a meta. I think that's something that really can separate great players and obviously great coaches is, is um, not just succumbing to the meta, but learning what are the core principles that can kind yeah. of extend beyond it. So talk to us about your Fortnite philosophy. This is fascinating to me. I, I think the biggest mistake that worse players or just straight up bad players make is they sit there and a new season comes out and they think they've got to start a square on, right? 
or let's say they try watching some older stuff and they'll say, oh, it's old, I can't learn anything from this, just because the meta is different, right? Just because, realistically, the meta only changes, they added sprinting, not the biggest change in the world, they added mantling, not the biggest change. Their movement meta, like a katana versus the grapple, it's basically the same thing, right? Or the rocket ram versus, um, you know, katana or something like that. Basically, everything is really similar in terms of how the game progresses. And good pros just do the fundamentals. Like, a good pro, like, you know, your Tasons or your Queezies or your Acorn, right? They're not doing anything flashy. When they play, they're not doing anything, like, super crazy. They're just good at the basics. And the basics is all you need. You can, you can make millions from Fortnite if you can just do the basics with 99.9% .9 accuracy, you know? You just do the most safe, simple option every single time and of course that takes a lot of skill it takes an unbelievable amount of skill to do it correctly every single time and not messing anything up and that is what's going to get you results in my opinion yeah it's it's i feel like one of the reasons um i stopped creating vod reviews and like videos years ago but they still generate hundreds or thousands of views monthly mm -hmm. like point blank period still because low. it is it is like you said, uh, foundational things that you we're picking apart from the videos, um, and and I've also gotten that question too, like many times, like yo, like people have asked me to coach them, and I'm like, one, impossible, I'm casting this weekend, right? Like more often than not, but two, um, you know, I, I, I would probably wouldn't find um as much self satisfaction in coaching because I'm competitive, so I'll probably get really salty if you don't perform well. And I don't mm. want to, yeah, like, I feel like I'd just be bad vibes if you're playing like S, like, sorry to say it, right? <laughs> like, I'd be pretty upset um, because if I work with someone, I'd want them to, I want them to win, bro, like, point blank, period. Yeah. Um, do you, do you find that you kind of bring that level of, like, passion to coaching? Like, th like, does results affect you personally? Like, I know, like, for me, that's, that's what I, I guess that's what I kind of want to say. I know for me, like, it will affect me personally, like, emotionally. Like, I probably wouldn't be able to sleep, like, bro, if I, because I feel so invested. Um, hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just, like, some of my empathy or, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I couldn't be a good coach. I'd be too emotionally invested. Yeah, I know you mean. I wouldn't say I got, like, emotionally invested. I feel like a dad. I just get disappointed, you know, when they do bad Thirty cents, like yeah, you know what I mean. Like especially, you know what's the worst part when you spend like ten plus hours with somebody helping them, and they just do the same mistake again, and you're like, I've told you this hundred times. Oh my god, man! The amount of times that I'm coaching people and they do stuff like that. Well, that that's what I'm saying. Like, and that that it's to me tough. is probably why I couldn't be able to coach. Like, I'm I'm I, yeah. I'm not cut out for it. Like I'd be, I'd yeah. be pretty upset. Are, are I mean, there any stories that you can share that maybe turned into success or someone that you're really cool with that you wouldn't mind? I'd just be fascinated to hear, you know, a, a real life example behind of, the scenes. Behind the scenes, yeah. Like you know, like, like okay, like I am. So there's a reason why I put W key in everything that I do in any game. My biggest flaw is that I'm going to over push. I'm going to over exert. I'm going to go for the play. And so if you were coaching me in any game, you'd be like, John, stay in position. But like, is there anyone that you worked with enough that you feel like you can, you can kind of tell us like an in-depth story or maybe leave the names wow. out for a good story. Okay. I, I've got a good one. I've got a good one. Right. So I was doing this, uh, group prep coaching for all stars, right? You remember monster. 
Um, I was working with like all of the best pro. I basically worked with the favourites, right? I was trying to get them even more of the favourites. So I just had a guaranteed FNCS win with the players I was coaching. I was working with like Tayson, um, Venno, Hen, right? All these crazy names who are really good at solos. Obviously, way better, like way better than solos than I'd ever be able to like coach at that level, you know. But I came up with loads of crazy strats. I had put so, like genuinely so much. I don't think I've ever done that much work. Maybe aside from like World Cup, I did a lot of stuff for. Um, into just one event where it's like a three-hour tourney, everything matters on that three hours. And I decided, okay, I'm gonna live coach Venno, who actually joined the group quite late, right? I didn't do that much prep stuff with him. And while I was live coaching him, he was on height four games out of six, right? You know how hard it is to be on height in a hundred-player lobby four times out of six, like almost. I don't think anybody's ever done that, right? In the actual finals, right? And all four games, I've told him, don't drop down off of height. Because you can just stay up and you can get, you know, just keep tarping along or just tank storm for a little bit, right? You can just stay up and they're going to fight and you're going to get placement, right? It's not a win format, it's just a placement format. Um, and guess what? Every single game, he's like, oh, I can drop down and get a kill hit. Dies, 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 dies. He had, <laughs> he had, he had the best average placement out of 700 players in every single region. He had the best average placement Harry still lost to Tayson because Tayson beat him in the final 1v1. I said, Venno, you can go watch your back. It's on my YouTube, right? I said, Venno, don't drop down off of height. And other players are fighting. And he's like, I just dropped down. He could have just kept on staying up and spraying, used Tayson's mats, and then had an easier 1v1. But he decided to drop down, missed his shot, which happens. It's Fortnite. Right. Um, and yeah, he lost. And he, I couldn't believe it. The best average placement every single region combined and he still lost to Tayson which of course I was coaching as well so it's not the biggest center of the world but I'd love for Venno to win like that was his pop-off tourney he could have won yeah, it easily and especially when you're doing it live right like you're watching it happen in real time and then you you can I'm probably there, like my back. eyes are getting wider as he drops <laughs> oh no man you could you could probably point back to like five different moments where you're like that's the one point you needed that's the other point you could you know yeah, that, that you could have yeah. won the tournament with um incredible shout out to uh shout out to venom man that guy is some, something special for sure um damn that's pretty sick so i mean I, I love i love everything we've already gotten dude a lot of insight on on the coaching side um i want to i want to turn up this gas pedal a little bit let's talk about compensation um i feel like this is uh, uh, uh i feel like a little bit of a taboo topic okay. right um there's a lot okay. of i feel like misconceptions amongst not professional players and community members alike right people think that a coach should be entitled to a professional player's um earnings and some people don't other people feel like uh you guys maybe just get paid on a, a cash retainer for the information for the work um what do you find in fortnite community in particular yeah. is the the types of compensation not necessarily you know I'll just use myself. You receive it's or anything. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I want, I want to get to that. But yeah, what are, what are the types of ways, at least in the Fortnite community, people are compensated for coaching? Um, I, think, I think the main one for most coaches is they have a monthly and then they get a percent. Personally, this is just, I think I'm the only person. I've never, ever, 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 ever taken a percent from any single player that I've worked with. I wish I would. I wish I had. I was going to say, that's your mistake. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I, no, I don't, I don't really wish I would. I mean, I just personally, I couldn't, you know, I feel like you're getting a little bit too deep into it then if you're like hoping like a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old that's good at tourney. So you can take like, you know, even just 10%. 10% of these prize balls is like 15K, 
And a lot of them might have it set up where it's like pre-tax. So the player's getting the post-tax amount and they're sending the pre-tax right. amount. Um, not, I, I don't know anybody that does that, but some, I've heard some players, some coaches have had that set up in the past and people don't really realize that, you know, they sign up, oh, 10% sounds good. But when you're getting only 70K from your 100K second place payout and the coach is getting, you know, 10K of that, that's a big, a big chunk. Um, so I, I personally have never taken a percent off a single player I worked with ever um i've been offered a lot of crazy percents like i've been offered like 50 percent contracts with orgs and with players and things like that and i've said no to all of them i personally just don't agree with taking percent from a player that you're coaching i would rather the person um you know just straight up pays for the for the, the hours you put in right like just pays you oh you're, you're helping me this much this costs you this much and also i think one one thing that a lot of people don't do is just working for free everybody's got this like you know oh you need to get paid for your time but what's the value of like getting paid like 50 or 100 an hour for working with somebody you know when you can just do it for free and get more value out of that or even just get your foot in the door that's how i got my foot in the door with a lot of players right the first player i ever coached was benji and i'm not charging benji fishing man benji fishes to go i'm not going to charge him anything um i think i ended up actually did getting paid by his org i'm pretty sure at the time nrg um but they like accidentally paid me because i was doing some stuff for the other players right <laughs> i didn't even ask them i was like i'm not charging benji but they ended up just paying me um you didn't say no right no they asked me how many players that i'd done it for and i just said oh you know one two three and they were oh we'll send it for one two three i don't know you know oh, um sick. i was like okay fair enough yeah but like I don't I genuinely don't think there's anything wrong if you want to get your foot in door everybody always asks me this players is why what's the point of charging like ten dollars for coaching somebody for a whole time like then you're just going to find somebody worse by charging in my opinion right because you're finding the player that's desperate to get you know whatever I get offered so many so many times to live coach somebody and I just know it's not going to go well I'm not going to enjoy it because they're trying to pay me I'd rather coach somebody that I know or that I believe is potential for free even though I could get paid, you know, thousands for coaching somebody for X amount of time. Um, yeah, and there's there's a there's definitely a social currency, right? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, let's let's not let's not you know kid ourselves. Growing a following, building your own personal brand. Um, I mean, you're definitely someone who well, I've seen do a successful job, uh, you know, job of doing that because you have your own courses, right? All this yeah. knowledge, essentially, you've been able to um, attain, yeah. achieve, and and build, and and now you kind of sell those courses. Um, when did you start doing that? What's that been like in, in that entire journey in that space? Um, I've been doing it for like three years, three and a half years almost. A long, long time. Um, so I started coaching for World Cup 2019 and I did my first masterclass 2020, um, which basically just condensing all the information that I had and all the... And I actually, the only reason I made it was because I had too many sessions, right? I was doing too much hourly work and it was all box fight coaching, right? Nobody wanted like volume coaching. They wanted box fight coaching with me. And I was staying awake coaching like OC on 300 ping. And the stuff that I knew, I would beat all these players on 300 ping or like NA 100 plus ping, right? Um, and I just condensed it all into a course, which did all right. And then I did the solos course, um, solos masterclass and... That's done insanely well. That the results from that have been absolutely ridiculous. But then again, like that's only twenty five dollars, right? And so many pros have that and learn from it. Like I'm talking like big pros, like Muzz. Um, so many pros, especially like tier sort of two pros, who have like now got their foot in the door on their way to tier one stars. 
yeah. they have it and they have learned from it in the past. I'm not saying they watch all the time at the moment, right? Um, but they've definitely improved from that. And I think that is way more valuable because it's only $25, right? Now that's, that's basically nothing compared to a lot of stuff that you can buy for improvement. Um, and they get so much value out of it. And a lot of the times when I do coaching of players, it's exclusively to help, you know, make content for that, for example. Like when I was saying earlier, the group coaching they did for All Stars, um, I think first was 150k, then Venno got 130 or something like that, and then Kinzel and Reason got like 80, 70k, something like that each. Um, I didn't charge a single penny for all that coaching. I did like probably a thousand hours just in that one season for solos. I didn't charge a single penny for that or a single percent for that. I just asked in return, can you help me record some stuff for this, right? Can you give me your mm. knowledge? Can you give me your insight? You know, since I've done a big favor, you just made a load of money. And of course, they say, yeah, social currency, right? With an exchange of players. I think that's probably the best way to do it is you get all that value from the players and, you know, they'll promote it or they'll do a tweet or whatever. Um, and even just getting known as a coach, right? Like, you're not going to be coaching the best players if you're trying to charge them an absolute arm and a leg um, until you're already at that sort of elite status with coaching, you know? Yeah, it's very, very hard to hit. I think this is such a for our audience listening. Um, this is going to be something that as they try to monetize and make a living out of their passion as a young person mm -hmm. or someone maybe is working a job. This idea of of charging is, is so important. And I, I love that we're bringing up the whole social currency, because I think right now there's a little bit of an overcorrection, right? A lot of the gurus on X are like, charge your value. And, and, and I think that comes yeah. from maybe an overcorrection of, I mean, I even remember when, you know, I'm 31. So 13 years ago when I started doing freelance graphic design, you know, I, I remember, you know, people were just designing whole flyers. I did like a book cover for like this massive publishing company for free. And someone's like, do you didn't ask for any money? And I'm like, no, you know? And so I think, <laughs> yeah. I think you definitely want to get your money, but I've seen more recently people screw themselves out of a longevity by trying to come in yeah. and be like, yo, I need 10 K yeah. for this right now. And even if you get the 10 K now, you might, you know, lose out on potentially six figures plus of five years, you know? And so like, how have both of you guys seen that play out in your own careers of kind of knowing like, man, when do I fight for like the money that I need now for my value versus leveraging? Like, no, I'm actually going to do this to build the longevity of the relationships. How, how have you guys really worked that out practically? I'll let you go first, Destiny. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, they're like about the, the short term gain, right? And I think the biggest thing that you can invest in yourself is yourself right like of course making a lot of money doing a short-term thing is is very good you could charge a lot for a short project but would you get more value out of that and more reputation and possibly even more followers and subscribers and just uh and the one thing that you can't trade is your reputation right as like somebody like you could I, right now i could you know release something and just completely scam everybody and probably make 50 plus k right and just dip but is that going to be beneficial for me? I'm mean, probably more than that, right? Is that going to be beneficial for me in, you know, five years from now? You know, it's just not. And so many people have that short-term mindset when it comes to, oh, I don't want to work for free. I will happily coach anybody completely for free if I think I'm going to get more value out of it than I would for like, you know, especially with somebody I know. I'll always do a favor for somebody I know. Like Jivan, um, 
I swear Jabba makes like 100k plus off maps, some stupid, like ridiculous amount, right? Mm -hmm. And I coach him completely for free just because I know Jivan, right? I know he's a massive name in the team. I've coached him before. I like him. He's a nice guy. And um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more things that you can get from doing stuff for free, in my opinion. And of course, yeah, you might have bills to pay, but I'm just sitting in my mum's office room and I'm not really trying to ball out on some stuff. I'm trying to buy a house, plus a <laughs> question, right? But um you know i I just think this whole mindset of getting paid your worth is is important and you guys should be trying to do that but do not be afraid to do something for free if there's going to return and especially the most underrated thing is having goodwill from people right you give something for free once right okay well you just you just give it right you just give it away and then you do another time and then you do another time and then the fourth time right Let's say, for example, on YouTube, you do four really good, high-quality videos, right, that you've done in the past, maybe Monster, and you do, just, you bang them out, four and three. People feel like they owe you for that free value that you've provided, and then you can ask what you're actually worth, plus a little bit more, and they feel like, oh, that's a way better deal, you're going to convert way, way better on that. Um, that's how I structure all of my YouTube stuff, right, it's six minutes-ish of free value, and you can improve, you can go watch any of my stuff complete, you know, maybe I'll get like a little bit of money of ads, right? Um, get a little bit from that, and then six minutes completely free value, 30 seconds, here's my other stuff, guys, if you're interested in this, if you enjoy it, another like 10 so minutes, whatever. That is how you structure things, and that's how you should approach every single person that you work with, is you should be willing to work for free, especially if it's somebody big name, who you can get your foot in the door with, and continue to work for a long time in my opinion yeah it's kind of the the i guess the age-old saying um under promise over deliver right yeah um and a lot of the times you can do that like you kind of mentioned off of uh the relationships you build people definitely take those for granted um there's a lot of value in having a strong network and a friend group honestly which is uh completely underrated and also shout out to uh 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 vibin jiden uh, I don't all weekend long I was calling him Jivin, but it's just like a bad habit. So I, <laughs> I, I do, I do apologize, because uh, I've always called him that, and uh, I have a a terrible habit of giving people the wrong names, um, because my New York accent. So, yeah, don't fault me, boys. I'm sorry, uh, but <laughs> I do want to answer the question, um, because I think this is a, a super important one. At what point, you know, when 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 is it okay to do work for free? When is it okay? To, you know, to say, hey, no, I'm gonna have a firm stance here. This is my value. This is what it's gonna cost you. And this is why it's gonna cost you that. I think that that is up to the beholder, of course, to de to determine. Um, there's gonna be, you know, a time and place for everything. For me, it comes down to like my core values. Um, I have a softer spot for, you know, the youth, the education spaces, you know, scholastic initiatives college esports programs right like i've done so much free promotion but but i've done it because i've wanted to i really want to genuinely help in those spaces right acts of selflessness i guess is, is kind of the idea you know i've had entities come to me and be like hey we want to hire you you know uh to professionally commentate you know this small like event for us and i'm like you sure like, you know, like, you sure you want to hire me? Okay, uh, what's your budget? And they're like, oh, we got $500. I'm like, that'd be crazy. I could show for 15 minutes for your $500. You know, like, we can't do that. That's not feasible, right? Yeah. So 
Instead, what, what do I tell them? Hey, I still want to help you. I still want you to succeed. How about this? Get me the date. Get me the time of your event. How many players you have already signed up? 30 applicants? Bet. Let me, if I share this, I'll get you 200 people to sign up right now. In fact, I have a Discord of 400,000 players. How, like, how many players do you really need, right? You need 1,000? Like, I could really get this in front of people. I could help do things um, that are is still of significant value for you that I'm not going to charge you for. So I, I'm totally with you on the whole philosophy. Like, not every opportunity, not every project needs to have a dollar amount to it. There are ways to apply value and do it in a way that, you know, you don't, sell yourself short but you also stay true to your uh your integrity um and a lot of that does come sometimes i think it just comes behind like what what is the impact um but then there's other times where like i mean look at like panda or castor lash or you know a lot of these commentators i've i've helped them learn how to become a commentator there are i mean there are lists of people that reach out to me for like project ideas or need help consulting on this or you know and and like you said you know it's not worth charging everybody for like every ounce of everything like that you know you suck everyone yeah. dry like that you just become some soulless you know person no one wants to work with right? and like you become a bit cold man yeah it is yeah, it, yeah like, like, i feel like people it, don't like you then you know if somebody dms you oh can you help me with this just help them man like you're a human being you know what i mean like obviously you're trying to make money for your family and all other sorts but yeah and i there's, think there's a certain point where you know you just do stuff yeah and, and i and i think that um something that gets lost in kind of this very you know we live in a very like self-positive time where like we are encouraged to believe positive things about ourselves. everyone shoot for the stars you know and i think that that sometimes can can cause people to ask for money but i think that that we have, I think people need to remember that like your potential is not your value. Like there is no inherent dollar amount to your potential. And I think people come into certain spaces. They're like, well, I could be this type of speaker. I will be this type of designer. I know what's in me. I know what type of coach. I know what value I want my potential to add value. And it's like, no. So even right now as a, as a speaker, you know, I am very flexible on my rate um, compared to some of my friends. I have one friend and a mentor who, when he speaks somewhere, he speaks for large corporate entities. He, he makes 30 to $40,000 in one speaking engagement. I, and that's yeah. his rate, but he has a decade plus on me of having built his, his value in real time, which is called a resume and in, in real time. And so what I view sometimes, um, is there are some opportunities where it might be a loss financially, but it's a gain in my resume. It's a gain in value. And, and I think that especially people starting out, you know, that, that that's you know i'm in this spot as like a caster and a commentator like i tell monster all the time bro i'll cast for free because i have no <laughs> i have high potential but i do not have proven value as a caster and so now there might be a day where um that changes but right now i need to stack up some wins so that i can show that and i dj i hear that in your story you're like yo i can now charge for a course which is also a scalable business model because yeah. I did some hours of, of, of free work. And I just don't think most people, I, I would love to hear you talk about your work ethic and how you approach it. I mean, even right now as we're recording this, it's like getting close to 2 a.m. And I think that there's a lot of people who say that they want the life that you have, DJ. I'd love to hear what you think separates you in terms of your drive and your willingness to just actually do the thing. How do you do that? First of all, 
I'm I'm not the hardest work ethic in this. I know Monster is the absolute <laughs> grinder. Okay, I'm before this call, anomaly. <laughs> yeah, you are a different people. Before this call, I went I went to the cinema. I was having a nice relaxing time. I came home. I had you know some food. I just sat and watched TV with my dogs. You know, I do not have the biggest work ethic in the world. I get shit done right when it comes to it. I will get some stuff banged out. If there's a deadline and I've got to do something and I'm motivated for it, I will get it done, like smashed. And I will do it to really high quality, in my opinion. Obviously, that's my quality. It might be different than somebody else's. Um, I think the one advice I can give anybody watching this who wants to actually get better, maybe they're a little bit lazier, right, like me, you know, they're like just relaxing a little bit more, is just do one, eat one frog a day, right? The first thing that you do, get on and do whatever you don't want to do. Right, whatever is like your least wanted task, but it's probably gonna have the biggest impact. Right, just that one small thing. It can take ten minutes. It can take an hour. Whatever that one thing is that you don't want to do, if you just do one of those every single day for a month, that's thirty small things that will build up. Right, um, or even in the course of a year. Right, you think three hundred sixty-five times you do a like a little annoying task and you get it out of the way, or just one thing that needs to get done. You do that main thing, especially if you're just focused on one business, right? I just want run one business and that's it. I just do, you know, Destiny Jesus Limited. I just do coaching. I just do masterclass stuff, right? It's really easy for me to be focused on what that one thing is. Um, so, for example, for today, my one thing was I need to get this YouTube video. I recorded it the other day. That was the one thing the other day. I need to get this YouTube video. I'm going to get the thumbnail sorted. I'm going to get... Um, everything inside the video to be perfect and that is my one thing and i can count the day done and it might sound like a little bit of a lazy thing to do but i promise you if you get that one thing done every single day for a whole year you've done a lot more than anybody else who's faffing about juggling about 20 different things all at once i can genuinely promise you that it's unbelievably useful yeah you know i i think you just reminded me how incredibly impactful it is to just start right start the things mm -hmm. but more importantly do the things that are like you said going to be impactful even when you don't want to accomplish those things yeah um i feel like i have obviously uh, mentally trained myself over the years to do a lot of things i don't want to do every day it's the nature of operating businesses right at least in yeah. my current state like if i looked at my calendar and i you know took the 20 plus tasks that i have to do within a five-day span like no one wants to do probably you know uh even half that right like or or let alone one of those things every day um so that that's like an incredible piece of advice you know that little bit of insight is super super important but as we start approaching the tail end of this i do want to stay in that that lane i want to stay in that that kind of conversation and uh you know let's continue to give value back so if you could speak back to yourself back when you began your career in gaming what would you tell yourself Probably just start a masterclass straight after World Cup. I think I waited a little bit too late. I wait, I left it a little bit too late compared to uh, where I should have. But on honestly, I think I'm very happy with how I've progressed and how I've done everything that I've done. I think for everybody watching, just keep doing what you're doing. You can't really, you know, change what you've already done so far. Just lock in and figure out what you want to do and go from there. For sure. Well, listen, there's been tons of value here. Destiny Jesus has brought us all the insight from the coach's perspective and honestly, one of the best minds we have 
um been blessed to have uh, across the uh, the Fortnite community it's definitely been wonderful not only catching up with you here but you know watching your career develop over the years as we start to sign off i want to give you the opportunity shout yourself out what projects are you working on where can people find you um all that good stuff because this is going to get listened to by you know a couple thousand people so uh, if anyone wants any free stuff from me, I run a full YouTube channel and I'm also starting a free masterclass. First Earnings Blueprint It's going to be everything that I know on making money from solo cash cups. We just need to win the game. I've helped coach over 600 people now, $200,000 in earnings just from solo cash cups. I think I'm the world's best at just doing that. That's what I'm really good at. Just helping people get first earnings. Um, and that's going to be launching pretty soon, probably sometime early next season. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to get the full stuff, that's the Soas Masterclass. You can find it on FortniteMasterclass.com or FightingMasterclass.com as well is the new URL. But First Earnings Blueprint will be coming out very soon, completely free. And I guarantee you, you'll be able to get your first earnings if you get that and you pay attention and you listen to what I say in the videos. Fundamentals, guys. The fundamentals right there. So, like, when can we get, like, the practice server, like, partnership hey. with Destiny Jesus? So I could put it in the open scrims, boys, you know? And then, you know, and then we can make some money. You can make some Players are going to be too good, man. Seriously, thank you. Thank you so very much for that. John, as always, thank you so much for producing this episode, you know, editing it, doing everything you're going to do in post. Um, let the people at home know where they can find you, man. What are you up to this week? Yeah, just find me on, on Twitter, John W. Key Rush, man. I'm just out here in these streets. I'm just trying to... I'm trying to uh, find a good reason to travel out to where DJ is, man. Prack boys, go to go to the UK. That's what I want, monster. That's what I want for Christmas this year. Heck yeah! Well, I know I know some folks over at the Confetti Studios that are always willing to house us and do some cool stuff. So maybe maybe one of these days we'll host a nice little Prack land out there somewhere. Um, well, anyways, with that being said, guys, don't forget you can send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com or at Monster Deface across all social handles. I want to thank you guys once again for not only watching this video form if you made it this far but also listening in on the audio form as per usual um again we have cafe Colazo live uh there is new offerings all across the website go ahead and check that out if you want to continue to support what we're doing here and that's pretty much it for me if you guys want more guests let us know who you would like to see maybe in a potential future episode or what you think about the current episodes and the format that we're kind of putting together here now as we're reintroducing guests once again here to the podcast avenue and with that being said don't forget that practice makes perfect peace y'all